Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live on College Green in Westminster. We have got plans for a new parliament. We've got plans for a new Queen's speech. Boris Johnson last night won a massive victory against the Labour Party. Jeremy Corbyn uh, has been so wounded by the loss uh, that he's going to step down as leader of the Labour Party. We're not quite sure when. We're not quite sure who will succeed him. But he has said that he will not be running again as Labour leader going into the next election. Joe Swinson lost her seat. A whole host uh, of Lib Dems lost their seats. A whole host of big names lost their seats as well. We'll be going through all of that. Tonight, uh, we'll be talking about it. Today, we'll be talking about it, rather, because last night, all the way through the night, we brought you the results as they happened. We didn't take calls because there was so much going on. But today, we want to take your calls. We want to hear from you because, finally, it could well be that we will indeed leave the European Union by January 31st, 0344. 499-1000 499-1000 is the number. Uh, we will have a whole host of guests joining us in the tent this morning. Uh, lots of MPs, some ex-MPs, some soon-to-be new MPs. Uh, there's not an awful lot of them going to work this morning because a lot of them, believe it or not, having to lie in. I'm not going to give them too hard of a time, of course. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here uh, on the fastest-growing radio station in the world. This is, of course, Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Well, it was quite a night last night as we saw one big name after another falling uh, at various final hurdles. We saw uh, the drama of Joe Swinson losing her seat uh, up in Scotland and Dumbartonshire. Uh, we saw Dominic Grieve losing out and no longer being an MP. Uh, we also saw, of course, uh, the terrible uh, sort of faces of people like Owen Jones uh, appearing, uh, Alistair Campbell looking ashen-faced, John McDonnell not quite understanding what had gone wrong. Uh, the Labour Party down by about 50 seats. Uh, the projection was for the Tories to win by 86 more seats uh, and have that uh, uh, absolute situation. The SNP all over the place in Scotland uh, won almost every seat apart from one or two. I'm joined now by Jonathan List, Deputy Director of British Influence. Uh, Jonathan, good morning to you. Welcome uh, to what I can only describe as a, a sort of another new dawn uh, here in <laughs> Westminster, eh? Um, it's certainly a new dawn. Uh, I don't know what it will bring. Uh, I fear not the uh, utopia which a lot of people are hoping for. Yeah, well, you know what I hope it brings? I hope it brings, and I've been saying this for a while, a sort of sense of realisation that perhaps uh, the world is not governed entirely by politicians and that actually people who do live and work and breathe the air uh, in this in this town and in this uh, country can actually get on with their lives and not focus completely necessarily on whether we're leaving or staying or what it's going to be doing for us in the future and that people just kind of go well the politicians aren't necessarily aren't, aren't the ones with all the answers well i think that we've always known the politicians are the ones with the answers but the problem is that uh no one's had the answers and you know you talk about you talk about sort of getting on with things that's the problem is the 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 big lie of this campaign was get brexit done because really what was getting done was just the easy part of brexit yes. which was leaving yeah the hard part was always going to be what the trade-offs are yeah. in our future relationship and what I, think we actually look like. I think people understand well that. i'm not sure that people a lot of people think that the negotiations are over now and now we leave and that's it i don't and think actually, they do no well, i think you're wrong well, look, well, i think i think people do realize that there is quite a complicated process beyond leaving 
because I think the fact is that they have seen over the last three years, and certainly over the last year, people putting barriers in the way of leaving on the grounds that they want to absolutely nail down every single way that you go and where you go and what happens when you go there. And that's not really the way it works, is it? I think that the problem is that it's for the very, very first time since the referendum, we're finally going to see what the results of Brexit are because we've always been in the EU for the last three and a half years. For the next year, we're going to be uh, de facto in the EU in the transition period where we're in the EU's um, instruments, but we're not actually technically in the, under the treaties. Mm. And after, it's only after that that if there are going to be a negative consequence of Brexit, which obviously I think there will be, that's when they first will appear. And that's when Boris Johnson is going to have a really difficult time. In a way, it might be the best thing for... Um, um, Remainers, in a weird way, if we can't remain, then the next best thing is to have a softer Brexit. And because Boris Johnson has now won a big majority, he'll be able to kind of uh, shaft a lot of the ERG when it comes to uh, getting a very you know, getting a Brexit that sort of uh, keeps us within the EU's instruments. For example, certainly uh, extends beyond December uh, if that's if that's a requirement. So he'll good, be able to make a lot I of concessions. And I think the good news for people who who want to leave the European Union is that, uh, but finally there is a government with a big enough majority uh, to at least be in control of it, rather than have to wait and see whether they can get it past Parliament once they do whatever they want to do. And that's always been the massive roadblock, hasn't it? Well, it's certainly true that the government has the ability to do whatever it likes, but that might also be a poison chalice because they because Boris Johnson won't be able to blame anyone now apart from himself. If this goes wrong, he can't blame Parliament anymore, he can't blame the Remainers, this is all on him. And the problem with Brexit is that in built in Brexit is going to be is, is difficulty, economic difficulty, because either you have, either you kind of take an economic hit, um, or you stay aligned uh, to the EU without having a say over what happens, and, well, that's, not, and that's not autonomy. It uh, depends. So I think the point is what people want to do now is move on from all of this kind of will it, won't it be good, uh, could it be this, could it be that. People just want the process to begin, I, don't, I think. I, and, I th and I think once the process begins, then we take each step as it, as it comes absolutely, along. Absolutely, absolutely. But we're, we're talking about the next five years here. Yeah. Now, I, I think... think again, it, I don't think anyone's expecting us to suddenly just cut a ribbon and go, all right, we're out of the European no, Union now. But the, the problem is... That this might be a little bit like 1992, which I think was, you know, the worst thing that could have happened to the Conservatives was winning the election in 1992, because then we saw five years of the most torrid rule by the Tory government, which then precipitated the Labour landslide in 1997. Now, if Brexit goes wrong, if this is all on Boris Johnson's hands, the Tories are going to be looking very, very tired after 15 years in power at the next election. And if the Labour Party is wise and it chooses the next leader wisely, then that could be the Labour Party's to take. And it, they could be, it could be that they dodged a bullet in yeah. this particular election. But let's not we talk about know. what's going to happen in five years. No, we years. just don't we, know. We've, but only, we've only just seen no, no. really the destruction of the Labour Party, which is really the story, right. uh, from the inside out, actually, from almost every part of its pores, uh, you know, sort of exuding failure up and down the country. Some of the seats that the Tories won last night have never been in Tory hands. You know, mining uh, uh, yeah. centres, places yeah. where, you know, Margaret Thatcher was accused of destroying communities, yeah. now voting Tory. I yeah. mean, that's the story, isn't it? It's Absolutely. not really about whether Boris Johnson can do what he says he's well, going to do. Well, it is I mean, part I think the, of the I think, story. I think, yeah, well, it's part of it, but it's not the part that we should be focusing on. We should be focusing on the fact that we have a two-party system with one party, which is effectively non-functional and dysfunctional and doesn't look anything like winning uh, an election. This party, the Labour Party, has gone into the last four elections without a hope in hell of winning one of them. 
Well, certainly the the last two, I would say. I mean, maybe it's you know possibly 2010 Gordon Brown had a you know I think we have to sort of reassess the the late party's performance in the last 10 years because they might have done really better than we than we thought at the time. But uh, you're absolutely right. You know, the Labour Party at the moment is not fit for purpose, and that's a real problem because we, if we don't have a, an opposition that can successfully challenge or that can challenge for elections in any way, then we don't really have a democracy. We have a one-party state with a kind of like a, a, a kind of a, a weak challenger, which yeah. is never actually going to mount a proper uh, a proper chance of, of, of defeating it and that's going to be a real problem so the lay party has to look um, at where things went wrong obviously a lot of it was uh, built into the, the problems of Labour's uh, core vote you know you had the Remainers who wanted a very strong stance there you had the Leavers who were not happy uh, with the prospect of a second referendum who were the ones was... that have given the North and, Absolutely. and much of the Midlands and, to the Tories. you know we you know, if you look at what's happened to the lay party you know obviously they, they didn't make a lot of gains with the gain partly but they, they held up the, the vote held up in Remain seats and actually they lost a couple of seats where the Lib Dems were the Remain challenger. So the problem the, Labour, the problem that Labour had, the Labour Party had was that they weren't Remain enough for the Remainers and they weren't Leave enough for the yeah. Leavers. So, so that was a problem. Well that's and because they any... didn't have any policy at all. I mean they had this ludicrous they nonsensical did... policy that they were going to try and go and negotiate a deal which was pr pretty much impossible. They didn't know what it was going to look like. They didn't know what they were going to ask for. They uh, knew what they, they said. Looked. They said that they were going to uh, get a better deal than the one Boris Johnson got which has already been agreed uh, in the Houses of Parliament and then they were going to come home uh, and have a referendum and campaign against their own deal. So it was a kind of ridiculous situation that they created for themselves, and they well, have only themselves to blame. It was a look. It was an attempt at compromise. There was it was quite reasonable that if you just pegged on a customs union to the political declaration and some wording about like, equal, you know, environmental workers' rights, etc., that was an acceptable ask in the EU. You could have done that in three months, and then you'd have had a referendum on that withdrawal agreement, and then you would have moved on to negotiate the deal. Well, the electorate didn't buy it. Anyway. The electorate didn't buy it absolutely because it was because it wasn't. It was it wasn't as clear as get Brexit done. And look, personally, I knew in my bones the moment that Johnson agreed that deal that it was finished. Mm. Because And that was a deal that everyone said he couldn't do. It was it was a deal that they said he couldn't do within the red lines that he said he would stick by. Once he said that he was prepared to have a customs border down the Irish Sea, which obviously May had said no British Prime Minister could ever agree to, mm. he then opened up a range of new options which the EU then capitalised on. So the EU did then give ground, but he had to give that initial concession. Right. So we're going to find a lot, the, the next story of the next five years But let's not is forget all the people saying this is going to be a terrible thing for the country and that Brexit is going to create all sorts of economic mayhem are the same people who said that Boris Johnson would never get that deal. And he got that deal. And I think that was the beginning of the end of the Remainers' argument. Because surely now what they must do uh, is stop complaining about the fact that we're leaving the European Union get on board if they wish to with some kind of campaign to try and get back in it after we leave and stop telling everybody they didn't know what they were doing. Mike, no one is saying uh, that we are not going to leave the EU. I mean, the, the referendum campaign, certainly before 31st January, is obviously dead. The point that we, we now need to regroup as Remainers and think what we go for now, if we go try and sort of campaign for a referendum after the negotiations for trade deal, or if we leave it, obviously that will be a discussion that various groups will have. Mm. Um, Obviously, we're going to leave on 31st January, and of course, as soon as we leave, nothing will change because that's the essence of the transition period where everything just stays the same. And at the end of that, which will then be sort of, you know, possibly earliest December 2020, which is four and a half years after we've left the EU, 
that's when we can assess the first time whether the, whether the Remainers were telling the truth in 2016, the referendum, when we said things were going to go well, wrong. Well, the Remainers obviously weren't telling the truth because the one thing they weren't doing was listening to the public who have now effectively voted three times to leave the European well, Union. No, I mean, the reason it's taken four and a half years and will take that long is because of the uh, the roadblocks that were going on behind us in the Houses of Parliament uh, because it was called a Remain Parliament. It wasn't well, Remain uh, Parliament. Well, no, I'm sorry. That's, and they were that, voting no, sorry, against everything that was, that was being put through. That's rewriting history. The reason that Theresa the Mays deal didn't get through is because of the Brexiters, not because of the Remainers. Well, no, you could you can say that. Because, well, it's true. Well, it's not true because the point is one of the reasons that um, uh, that it didn't go through is because of Gina Miller. Gina Miller made it That's impossible. Not true. Gina Miller made it impossible uh, for the for the Brexit deal to go through with Theresa May without it being ratified by Parliament. So Parliament then had to ratify it. Parliament didn't ratify it, and therefore it didn't go through. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a strange. You can make as many arguments strange, about it. As it's you a strange. Want. It's a, well, she, actually the Gina Miller case was not about was was not about sort of. Of, uh, the, the deal. It was about Article 50. Yeah, it was about, it was about, making, it was about making it the duty of Parliament. Parliament and the job then of did Parliament. trigger Article 50 yeah. of Gina Miller's case. Yes, so, so, it was down, so, it was, so it was down to Parliament to be responsible for it all to happen. And why Parliament then became a stalemate and a place where nothing could be done was because of the people in Parliament who didn't really want to leave the European Union. And this is why this is such a massive result for the Boris Johnson Conservative Party, because the public see that, the public know that, and that's why they voted for the Conservatives. Well, look, the public were voting in 2016 to give back control to the British Parliament. So I think it's a strange argument to say the British Parliament yes, shouldn't have that. taken back control. Yes, well, it can be, made, can be. you can say it's a strange argument. The fact is that is exactly what happened. And the fact that the people who are the most kind of um, bitter and twisted about Brexit are those who lost the referendum. Yeah, well, and well, they've done everything they can up until this moment. Uh, and you're now saying, well, of course, everybody knows we're now leaving the European Union. Before this election was called, nobody was saying that. People were saying we can still stop Brexit. The Lib Dem campaign was we can still stop Brexit. The SNP were saying we can still stop Brexit. Now the people are saying, oh, actually, now we can't stop Brexit. Well, obviously, that's a result of democratic election. If the people had voted for a hung parliament, for example, with majority of Labour, Lib Dem, SNP seats, then that would have been a mandate to implement those, yes, the part, those now, party but policies. Didn't. But exactly, I'm agreeing with you. They didn't. So that's why we're not going to have a referendum before we leave the EU. So I agree with you. That, yeah. Because that's what people have voted for. Yeah, listen, I don't mind if you don't agree with me. It's not but, about but whether it's, you agree it's with it's me. Not, but, it's not, but it's not a matter of debate. We're clearly not having a referendum before we leave no, the EU. No, quite. Because, uh, but, part because people haven't voted But for my it. point right. is, is that, you know, one of the things that people said who did vote to leave the European Union said, you know, it's not really fair to ask us to vote twice to leave when you only have to vote once to stay. And so, you know, it's become this very toxic environment. And what I'm saying is, is that we should surely now be looking ahead and looking forward and making sure that the toxic environment disappears. Everybody says they want to do away with the toxic environment, but then uh, we don't do it. Well, I mean, the, the, the real problem here is that we're going to be a divided country for the rest of our lives because uh, what it's we now have... a very pessimistic outlook. Well, look, I mean, look, what we have Why is, should we be? What we have, because what we now have is not, it's not just about Brexit. It's a cultural, uh, which, uh, which we've now seen in the election, uh, which is actually... Which is, which is why you have uh, traditional working class seats, so which have been Labour for a century and now going Tory. You have middle class uh, London seats, uh, which would once have been so true uh, blue Tory, uh, either um, going for Labour um, or falling to the Conservatives because the Remainers couldn't decide which party to back. And so you have like a real, a real sort of divide, which is not a left-right divide. It's much, it's much deeper than that. It's about sort of what kind of, uh, what kind of sort of belief system you yeah. have about what kind of country you yeah, want to live so in. Yeah, but so are you going to still tell me that the people People who voted to stay in the European Union are still going to think they're better than the people who voted to leave. I think they're still going to think no. they're superior to them, no, no, um, and, and, that, and that they are more clever than no, the people who voted to 
wanted to leave. Well, that's no, that's fair. the narrative. I'm it's sorry. Not, well, it that's might be. It might be. It might no, no. That's not at all. I said. It's, it might be your narrative. It's not. It's, not it's the it's narrative not. is out there. The people who voted to leave the European Union and watched this government uh, in the past not be able to get it done, watching Theresa May's government not be able to get it done, saw people making deliberate decisions to stop their uh, uh, vote from happening. Brexiters. Including Brexiters. It was Brexiters who, who stopped Theresa May's deal happening. It was the ERG. It was the DUP, people who had voted for Brexit in the referendum. It, to say that somehow it's... But you're basically saying to me it. that you're never going to get over this. Well, I'm saying that Britain is a profoundly divided country and it's about more, it's about yeah, but more if it than stops, Brexit. It's a whole if it culture stops looking now. back and, looking, and now looks forward and stops regretting something that happened and, and actually defends the losers as well as the winners and accepts that the losers can have a little bit of grieving time if they wish, but it's time to move on. It's not about can't regretting... can't keep going on and on and on about the fact it's that, not that about everybody regretting, was wrong. No, it's not about regretting what's happened. It's about regretting what is going to happen. That's the You can't regret something that's in the future, surely. Right. The problem is that it's you can't just say get over it in the sense because we are, we haven't started yet. So obviously, Remainers are not just going to shut up while the negotiations are happening. You know, no, I'm a, sure that's a, not No, happen. it's a democracy and people have a right to, to have their say about what's happening. And obviously, if when Brexit does happen, Obviously, Brexit's going to happen on the 31st of January, and then we're going to have the trade deal negotiations. Then we'll have a future trade deal. And obviously, that will be subject to comment as well. And there will be a lot of people who have a lot of expe expectations about what yes. their lives, what will happen to their lives. And when things change uh, in whatever way, then obviously there will be arguments mounted about whether this was the right yes. thing to do. But maybe, it'll now, come, maybe it'll come, but people think it was, was the right thing to do. We just don't know yet. But up until now, all of those arguments have been had with a view to trying to stop it from happening. Now, that has to stop happening. And what they have to do is if they wish to complain or they wish to give their view, it's not with a view to stopping anything from happening. Do you see the difference? Well, obviously, because now people have voted for it to happen. People have Three voted, times. People have, well, people have, people have given a mandate uh, to the Conservatives to to implement to implement Brexit on the 31st of January, and you know that's a decision that's been it's been made. It's not a decision I like, but it's a decision that's been made. If they had voted differently last night, then we'd be talking having a different conversation. We're saying is there are enough votes now to have a referendum? That's how democracy works. It's not a big controversy. Yeah, but everybody knows how democracy works. It's just Remainers don't want it to work. But Jonathan, well, we have to leave it there because I'm being told we're running long, <laughs> long on time already. We, we, I'm sure we do this quite a lot in the future. Um, Jonathan List, Deputy Director of British Influence. Thank you very much indeed for kicking My us pleasure. off. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 0344 499 1000. We are your election station. And boy, what an election we've just had. Dom has tweeted me, and you can do it the same thing by tweeting at IROMG at Talk Radio. Suddenly, he says, David Cameron's stock has risen. Without him, we wouldn't be celebrating today. But boy, oh boy, does Boris know how to inspire us at 7.30 a.m. Go, Boris. Parliament has just gone through the washer and come out bluer than blue. And it's funny you should mention Boris Johnson because he was inspiring everybody at 7.30 this morning. Let's have a listen uh, to his rallying cry. I have a message to all those who voted for us yesterday, especially uh, those who voted uh, for us Conservatives, uh, One Nation Conservatives, for the first time. You may only have lent us your vote, and you may not think of yourself as a natural Tory. And as I, I think I said 11 years ago uh, to the people of London uh, when I was elected uh, in what was thought of as a, as a Labour city, uh, your hand may have quivered over the ballot paper as before you put your cross in the Conservative box. And you may intend to return to Labour next time round. And if that is the case, 
I am humbled that you have put your trust in me and that you have put your trust in us. And I and we will never take your support for granted. Prime Minister Boris Johnson speaking this morning uh, in Downing Street before he went to Buckingham Palace uh, to see the Queen uh, to ask her uh, to once again arrange for a Queen's speech. Uh, let's go live to Ollie Cole, who's in the mall, uh, watching the events as they unfold. Ollie, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Uh, good morning. Yes, we've got uh, plenty of tourists lining the streets. We've got uh, the band marching down uh, the mall at the moment. And uh, there's a lot of interest here, as like you say, Boris Johnson starts to form that new government. He is uh, visiting the Queen and he is asking to form a government, a majority government for the Conservatives now, of course. And he will remain the Queen's 14th Prime Minister since she became monarch in 1952. And after that, we're expecting a speech on the steps of Downing Street where Boris Johnson will once again reiterate his plans for the country under a conservative government we're going to hear a lot about brexit but also a lot about what he wants to do once brexit is out of the way so yet yeah, he is asking the queen to form that government as we speak and then that car will be driving back up the mile back to downing street where he will address the nation once again OK, Ollie, thanks very much indeed. Ollie Cole, the helicopter's uh, circling ahead uh, of us above it's in the sky. Uh, we'll hear from Boris Johnson in a little while. Rakiba San is here with me as well from the Henry Jackson Society. I was going to talk to you about the Labour Party, which I still will, Rakib. Uh, a terrible blow uh, to have been struck against Jeremy Corbyn's leadership. Dire performance. Um, and, of course, let's talk uh, to Bill Esterson, Labour MP for Sefton Central, uh, first elected in 2010. Bill, a very good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks very much indeed. A terrible night for the Labour Party. Uh, many people taking different views on what should happen next. What do you think should happen next inside the hierarchy of Labour? I think it's a terrible day for the country. And the reason is because those people who desperately needed what we were offering in the election now won't receive it. And we will continue with the same programme of, of austerity that's seen our public services run down over the last nine years, people going to food banks who are in work, the attacks on disabled people through uh, an appalling sanctions regime with the DWP. So I think there is a, a real job of work to be done by the Labour Party in examining uh, just what we need to, to look at, what we didn't get right uh, and why we have this terrible crashing defeat. Uh, and faces majority Conservative government is just going to be allowed to continue uh, as before. And that's even before Boris Johnson takes us out with a hard Brexit, which will undermine the economy uh, and any ability that he might uh, pretend he has to implement the promises he made in the election. So I don't hear much humility in your voice, Bill. It sounds as though you are not listening to the voters. That's what Lisa Nandy says, and that's what John Trickett says. That's what a whole host of Labour MPs, uh, who has, some of whom were elected and some of whom were not, are saying. Uh, you're saying they got it wrong by not voting Labour. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that at all. I, I, I'm saying that the, the, the problem with this defeat is the Tories will be able to carry on the terrible things that they've been well, doing. Well, they'll be able to do what the... Well, hang on, so, well, hang on, so, hang on John. So, uh, so no, no, Bill, they'll, Bill, they'll be able to do the things that they were elected to do. You both had an opportunity to win over uh, the, the public of this country and you failed to do so and they won. So, unfortunately, for the Labour Party and for yourself, um, not only did you get it wrong in terms of what you were offering them, they didn't believe that what you were offering them you were going to deliver. 
that's that they didn't believe us no that's right and we have to we have to respond to it and i completely agree with what lisa and the other people you mentioned say uh, we have to recognize uh, that whilst we have I, I think we were absolutely right to say that we need to invest in the future of the country we need to um, bring our spending levels up to those of similar countries like france germany and the, and the nordic countries um, but we didn't manage to win people over so we've got to look at why that happened uh, and how we respond uh, whilst at the same time taking on boris johnson because he simply isn't going to be able to well you've just taken him on and you've lost you've just been yes, beaten to if it was a, a boxing match man. bill you would have been counted out and carried off on a stretcher oh we, we it's, it's a terrible defeat for the labor party uh, and i am grieving the loss of many good friends and superb mps who've lost in this election oh. uh, and their, their communities will be the poorer for their loss you are absolutely right when you say it's a terrible defeat you are absolutely right that we have to listen to the voters but i also know that people agree with very much of what we said so we have to work out why it is that whilst people were agreeing with the individual well, policies in a the manifesto they, they weren't prepared to vote for us to form a government do you think jeremy corbyn should step down well jeremy's indicated that he's going to be um, stepping down he no doubt is talking to his family to his friends and to his closest advisors exactly how that will happen uh, and whoever takes over has got to learn from this terrible defeat he's got to learn from the way jeremy corbyn was treated i mean he was vilified by uh, not just by opponents by but by the media over the last four and a half years uh, and yes that happens to all labor leaders but there was a particularly hard attack made uh, on him uh, across the country, not just in the last five weeks. So you're blaming the media? Over the last four and a half years. I think, the, um, I think when you have a media that is dominated um, by people who feel so very strongly against the Labour Party, we need to find a way of, of, of cutting through that. So whoever comes in has to be ready for those attacks uh, and to find a way of making sure uh, that they cut through uh, and that they do appeal well, to Tony Blair managed to get most of the media behind him, yeah. and he was a Labour Prime Minister and the only successful Labour Prime Minister think, think in about did. 50 I mean, years. I mean, I, I mean, I'm old enough to remember 1997. Yes, yeah, so am I. The Daily Express was bought by Clive Hollick, who was a Labour peer, who turned it from a Tory paper into a Labour paper. I can tell you how that happened, because I was working there at the time. And the Sun uh, guaranteed uh, a victory for Tony Blair by backing him. I Mike, well, I'll say there's a lot of externalising of blame. I don't think the Sun did that, but no, the, the demonised, the Bambi, I mean, they couldn't make up their mind out of the attack Tony Blair, but, but he was attacked uh, and attempts were made, but, but he didn't, uh, they, they didn't stick with him, that is true. But look, whoever comes in has to learn from uh, the, 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 the lessons of all Labour leaders. You know, Neil Kinnock and the, the Sun's front page in, in 90, 1983, I mean, that's the first general election I campaigned in. Uh, and the vilification of, of, of the media going back through the ages the false Zinoviev letter in the 24 election you see um, unfortunately yeah, they're, they're, they're Bill, Bill I think you've got to stop victimising yourselves here and you've just got to pick up yourselves and work out that the people didn't like what you had on offer and you've got to give them something that they want Rakiba Sun uh, what can you tell me about the way that Bill seemingly doesn't understand what has happened and well, is refusing to accept responsibility. Well, Mike, we're hearing plenty of excuses here yeah. and externalisation of blame. I think what Labour need is a serious period of introspection. Now, in terms of policy, sure, some economic policies, they, they did receive a fair share of public support in pre-election polling. But we have, to, we have to take into account cultural issues. 
Were Labour trusted on issues such as immigration? Yeah. Probably not. Crime. Anti-Semitism was a problem exactly. that they never Labour, sorted Labour out. Labour came into this general election while it's under investigation by the Equality and Human Rights Commission. Yeah over allegations of institutional anti-Semitism. So we're hearing all this idea... I mean, essentially, what Bill is saying is that the right-wing, xenophobic, mainstream British press yes. have tricked traditional Labour working-class voters yeah. into voting for because other parties. Because, once again... It's that, it's that sort of condescending attitude yeah. is why Labour in this mess in the first exactly place. Exactly right, because similar to those people who said uh, that, that those who voted for Brexit didn't know what they were voting for, Labour are effectively saying that the people who voted for the Tories in their heartlands did so because they were tricked into it. Mike, listen, let's take Sedgefield for example. Yeah. When Blair won in that landslide in 1997, he won 72.1%. No, 71.2% of yeah. the vote there, sorry, in Sedgefield. Now Sedgefield has a Tory MP. This is a process that over a long period of time, that Labour, instead of listening to the concerns of working class people, they've been talking at them. And also they've abandoned them, haven't they? With them. They've Absolutely. abandoned them. I mean, when you see that one of the few places they're winning is Putney, right? Putney, I don't know how well you know West London. Putney is well, one of the Well, born in Hammersmith. Oh, we? Okay, so, yeah. I mean, you have well, to Well, this is a Labour party now I mean, that loses seats yeah. like Blood Valley to the Tories, yeah. but they gain seats they're losing like the, They lose the mining communities, but they're getting the wine bar set from Putney High Street. Absolutely. You know, and the, and the Half Moon, where you can go and listen to some nice jazz on a Friday well, night if you so Labour, I mean, all I'd say, Mike, the modern Labour party is full to the brim with metropolitan chattering class leftists yeah. who don't really understand the primary concerns. Well, of it's the Owen Joneses the of this world, right? Uh, Paul Mason, all these people who Navarra call themselves... Navarra Media. What a complete and utter waste of space they are. Absolutely. I mean, th they have this deranged socialist, internationalist philosophy. Aaron Bastani said that he felt very sad and very angry. Well, well the, let's hope the, he goes away for a long holiday. Listen, if, if Labour don't want election results like this in the future, actually engage with the concerns of decent working-class folk in the provinces. Then yeah. you won't get yourself... And also, you know, to say, to say that seats. lots of people liked what they had on offer, well, of course they're going to like it. If you say to someone, yeah, I'll give you cheaper rail fares, I'll give you free broadband, uh, I'll give you a free house in the country, uh, I'll give you you know, checkers for the homeless, of course people are going to say, oh, that's a good idea. But unfortunately, Absolutely, totally but, unrealistic. But, Mike, when it comes to the policy offerings and policy positions, how, how well trusted were Labour on issues such as immigration, crime, yeah. uh, domestic security, counter-terrorism... Well, the rest of I mean, John, Ashworth, John Ashworth, the front bencher from the, the Labour Party, said about his own leader, Jeremy Corbyn, that he was a national security risk. I mean, you can't say fairer than that. Maybe exactly. they should start blaming people like John Ashworth instead of the media. Well, I just think that Labour need to look internally if they want to look at, you know, what are the main reasons why that they suffered this catastrophic electoral result. Yeah. As a, instead of blaming the media continuously attacking other political parties. I think they should just focus on what they were offering the British people and the way that they've engaged with their traditional working class voters in, in the provinces over the last few years, particularly over, over Brexit. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The fallout, the fury, the future. Let's get political. Order. Talk radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Let me just read the roll call for you, for those of you who haven't quite caught up uh, with what's been going on in the last 24 hours in this country. Joe Swinson, Laura Pidcock, Nigel Dodds, Chucka Ramuna, Dominic Grieve, Anna Subri, Dennis Skinner, Tom Brake, Caroline Flint, Sam Jima. 
uh, all of those names are no longer going to appear uh, on the expenses sheet down here on the House of Commons tea room or indeed at the bar uh, or indeed in any other part of the Palace of Westminster because they've all lost their seats unbelievably and I would like to say I'm now joined by George Pascoe Watson former political editor of course of the Sun now Portland Communications partner thereof uh, we're just going to hit the few phones uh, George because we want to hear from a lot of people out there who haven't been able to have their say yet uh, on this remarkable night for the Tory party we've just spoken to Dan Carden Shadow International Development Secretary Labour MP for Liverpool Walton a lot of harm and, and hurt going on inside the Labour Party but let's talk to Matt in Nottingham uh, who wants to say something about uh, what's going on Matt a very good morning to you welcome hi Mike how are you yeah very well sir what do you what do you want to tell us yeah, I was uh, listening a little bit earlier on to one of your earlier guests and uh, the, the infamous Gina Miller got brought up. Yeah. And uh, I think she is probably one of the um, most disliked women by Brexiteers at the minute. But I think Gina Miller has probably done more for Brexit in the last few years than anybody else I can think of. Well, um, I, t- I did put I put that to Jonathan Liss and he looked at me as if I'd just shot his dog. I mean, he didn't look happy yeah. at all. Yeah, she spent millions and millions and millions of Ramona's money on ensuring that we leave the EU properly, because without Gina Miller, we'd still have Theresa May uh, in a hung parliament, uh, we'd be tied to the EU indefinitely for years to come, Yeah. and thanks to Gina Miller, we've now got a stomping Boris majority and something that hopefully will resemble Brexit, so... Yes. Backfired a bit, I think. Yeah, I think backfired a little bit. It's probably the understatement of the day so far, Matt. But thank you very much indeed. George, I mean, an incredible night, really. I mean, you've covered many, many elections uh, in your time. But when that exit poll hit at 10 o'clock last night, um, I don't think anybody could quite believe it because even before the results started to roll in, there were still lots of caveats and, you know, this, this could be wrong. But it seemed extraordinary, didn't it? Not even uh, Jeremy Corbyn had a clue. In fact, Jeremy Corbyn, about half an hour before the result was uh, announced, was thinking it was going to be a hung parliament. So that tells you that even the players didn't really have a clue. Um, It must be said that at the beginning of this campaign, it was clear that if Boris Johnson found the right tone and the right route, he could actually maximise the numbers. There could be a sort of momentum, if Mm. I can use that word, in his favour. I think there were lots of undecideds, and I think eventually people thought, you know what, if it's a choice between Corbyn or Boris Johnson, there is no choice to be made here, and I must get out and vote. And that's the interesting Mm. thing. In December, in a rainy, wet day, people felt motivated in big numbers to get out and back Boris Johnson. Matt, your caller there, has a point, by the way, um, that the Ramoners really wanted a hung parliament to get the better chance of a second Mm. referendum on the European Union. And actually, the reality is, Boris did so well, he has made that a cut-and-dried situation for Britain's future now. Well, that's the point now, isn't it? Because in the end, the whole argument of, of, you know, this is going to be a terrible uh, result for Britain because Brexit is a bad idea, all of that has to go by the wayside now. We just have to move on. Boris has got a big enough majority now to pretty much do whatever he wants to do. Let's be very, very positive and optimistic because the point about Brexit was not just to disentangle ourselves from the European Union. It was to take advantage of what good that comes now because we can write our own regulatory regime, we can write our own laws, we can set a different pace of economic and business activity. That is exciting and that is what the country has got to do right now under Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson just running up the road in Downing Street, he's just returned from Buckingham Palace. Let's go straight to Ollie Cole uh, who's there for Talk Radio. Ollie. Uh, Hello Mike, yes Boris Johnson driving back into Downing Street and giving just two waves to the press. You'll have to excuse, there are some some, some no-deal Brexit protesters uh, smattering of them still outside Downing Street. 
trying to get Boris Johnson to move on Brexit before he's even set foot in the door uh, as a Prime Minister with a Tory majority. Um, but like I was saying, he's, he, Boris Johnson has walked into number 10, just two waves to the press, no podium outside Downing Street. And so not looking like we're going to get a speech from him any time soon in, in this hour at least, whether he'll give a speech somewhere else, whether he'll just not give a speech at all after speaking, of course, this morning and and at his win at Uxbridge and South Ryslip overnight as well. Maybe he's done with speeches. We'll have to wait to find out. But uh, lots of excitement here outside Downing Street as Boris Johnson returns with, of course, that Tory majority in his hand as he's formed his new government and met with the Queen. Unbelievable to hear those numpties shouting stop Brexit. By the way, the guy with the bullhorn, you know, who ran for the Lib Dems, uh, lost his deposit, unfortunately for him. So uh, I don't know whether he's going to be back to normal and college green. Uh, but we're here with uh, George Pascoe Watson. Let's talk to Lisa, who's in Western Supermare. Lisa, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. I am beyond happy this morning. Above everything else, how long has this country needed a leader? Mm. And I almost don't care where we go, where he takes us. But he's a leader. He's got vision. He's inspiring. He can communicate what he wants to say. He gives that feel good factor. He's got confidence. And I did vote Brexit. I'm a Europhile, but... I have issues with the institution of Europe, and I believe he will get it done. And I look forward, beyond Brexit, to what he's going to do for the country in addition to that. Yes, and so, I, think, I think it's time that we all forgot uh, about all these differences. And, and the reason yes. that we have these ridiculous differences is because the people who lost will not accept that they lost. And surely now, even those idiots who we just heard shouting in the background, they have to accept that they've lost. Otherwise, you can't have democracy. I think it would really be great if we all were able to be grown up enough to just draw a line under where we've been and to say, let's just be positive. There's no good looking back because the past is gone. Let's just look forward and move forward and be Great Britain, Great Britain, Great Britain. And I think uh, the Labour Party totally got that wrong. George, clearly people um, like uh, our caller there are, are very, very happy about the fact that, that they have got a leader who does have um, some personal charisma, who does have kind of pride in his country. I mean, one of the things we heard an awful lot about Jeremy Corbyn and a lot of people who were the sort of Europhiles was that, you know, they hate their own country. They love Europe. They want to be part of something uh, which is different to what they have at home. Not only that... They think that people who are patriotic and proud of their country mm. are in some way a shame and a stain on their country. And this is a really critical point here. We have not in this country had a leader who has a proper mandate since probably 2001. Yeah. Tony Blair in 2001 was at his peak. 2005, of course, he was being chased out the door by Gordon Brown yeah. and couldn't really commit to what he wanted to do. 
David Cameron didn't have a, a proper majority and had to have a coalition. He had that majority in 2015, but he, he was running a, a campaign. And look what Brexit. he did with it. And look what he did with it. <laughs> and we have not had a leader, I'm saying, for probably 18, 19 years now. This is a fantastic opportunity for this country with a man who knows where he wants to go, with direction, a huge mandate in Parliament, a fresh sense as we turn the corner into a new decade, the opportunity to set new trade goals, new regimes in this country which will advantage British companies. I see the pound rising, I see a wall of money coming into this country. The pound actually soared, didn't it, on the news just on the exit polls last night. I was talking to some friends of mine in New York who are in the sort of financial business and they were like, everybody's been called back into work, you know, the traders are going nuts, they're making a fortune and I know that some people might not want to hear that but it's very good for the economy. Uh, money swashing around is a great thing for the economy. It means people will start taking investment decisions that they have not been taking. It means the housing market will pick up again. It means the flow of money, and the flow of money will trickle down to real people working hard. Don't forget, in this country, we have near full employment right now, yeah. and that means that more people are going to be hired, more people will take adv uh, take advantage of this situation. Absolutely right. George Pascoe Watson, a former political editor of The Sun, stay with us if you would, because I'd like to ask you uh, about Nigel Farage and his role in all of this. Uh, because he is kind of the forgotten man right now and nobody's paying him any attention. So I'm going to do that uh, coming up next right here on Talk Radio. Uh, let's talk uh, to John Whittingdale now to see what he makes of all of that. John, a very good morning to you. A good afternoon, I should good say. Good afternoon. So, um, Nicholas Sturgeon, um, although it's pointed out to me by Twitterer here that the majority of Scots actually voted for unionist parties and she only got 45% of the vote. Um, has, is this going to lead to the breakup of the United Kingdom leaving the EU? I very much hope not. Um, it isn't that long since we had not just the referendum which decided to, uh, that Britain should leave the EU, but also the referendum in which the Scottish people voted that they would remain part of the UK. We now have a full agenda. We, what we have to deliver Brexit as a priority, but there are a lot of other issues to be tackled. And I think that one of the outcomes of last night is that we will not be having a second referendum either on Brexit or Scotland, not for the foreseeable future. And I should have started this conversation, of course, by saying congratulations to you for uh, being you. retained by the good people of Malden with a rather sizable majority. What a night. I, indeed. I mean, I, I, this is my eighth election, and it was a bigger majority than I've ever had. And obviously, I'm extremely grateful to all those who gave me their support. Now, can you say hand on heart that at sort of 10 to 10 last night, you expected that this would be as good as it is? I, no, um, I don't think any of us did. I was reasonably hopeful that we would win a majority. Um, I've been out knocking on doors, not just in my own area, but in support of some of my colleagues who had more challenging fights like Ian Duncan Smith in Chingford, like Theresa Villiers in uh, Chipping Barnet. And you know, I, I sensed that we were going to win and hopefully win well, but I don't think any of us uh, dared believe it would be as good a majority as it's turned out. And so Boris Johnson has turned out to be the sort of man who doesn't know how to lose because, you know, despite whatever the Labour Party has been telling me today, which is that Jeremy Corbyn lost because of a combination of the evil press and the uh, nastiness of the campaigns against him and the personal attacks on him, Boris Johnson has had his fair share of personal attacks against him as well. And, and yet uh, the people have put their trust in him. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the message that he was relentlessly delivering that, you know, we needed to settle the Brexit question and then move on was one which resonated across the country. And one of the things which I find slightly ironic this morning is that those who support remaining in the EU are all saying, oh, well, it wasn't Brexit, it was everybody hated Jeremy Corbyn. 
and the Corbynistas are saying, oh, well, no, it wasn't Jeremy Corbyn, it was actually the Brexit vote again. So I actually think it was both. Um, you know, there is no doubt that the people who voted to leave were very angry that three years on it hadn't happened, um, and Sarbel Mainers just wanted, they accepted the result of the referendum, they just wanted to get it done. But equally, I mean, it was very plain that Jeremy Corbyn's brand of socialism is unacceptable to the British people, and that's something which the Labour Party is going to have to come to terms with. And, and has the Conservative Party finally learned a lesson about sort of um, loyalty um, and oneness, if you like, because Europe has always torn the Conservative Party apart uh, over decades. And finally, Boris Johnson was able to get rid of those people from the Tory party who perhaps were uh, were less keen on Brexit um, to kind of unite those who were left in it uh, who were keen on a hard Brexit. Um, will that continue or, or will we see the Tory party continue to squabble? Well, there will, there will still be different views. And we have some you know, very tough negotiations ahead once we've left in terms of the future trading agreement, and I'm sure that will be debated within the party, it will be in the country. But the people who were diametrically opposed to the principal policy of the party, which was to implement the referendum, have stood down or, or left uh, and been defeated. Um, and therefore, the one thing which we were very clear about was that every single Conservative Party candidate in this, this election would vote to ratify Boris Johnson's deal. Yeah, so, I mean, going forward, would you expect there to be sort of uh, relatively smooth sailing in terms of getting to January 31st, leaving the European Union, and then sort of effectively starting phase two, really? Yes, I would. Um, the bill is there. We've already had a second reading of it in the last Parliament, which just about passed, but the, we'll have to reintroduce it now in this new Parliament, but I would expect it to get, well, probably the same majority as the government now has. Um, and we can, with that kind of majority, complete the committee stage very rapidly, uh, which will allow us to leave, I hope, by the end of January. But after that, then there will be the debate uh, and the negotiation about the future. And is there likely to be any sort of um, interference, if you like, from those people who have still really not accepted the, the result of the referendum? Uh, the Gina Millers of this world, Julian Maugham, you know, the barrister who likes uh, interfering in, uh, uh, in democratic processes. Do you think they'll, they'll sit down and be quiet now? Well, I would hope that they would accept that the verdict last night was so overwhelming and that well, now, it was very plain that the constituencies which we were winning from the Labour Party, constituencies which have been Tory for generations, were the ones that had voted very strongly to leave. Um, and there was a deep anger that it appeared that the other parties in Parliament were trying to block what they had voted for, and therefore they voted Conservative. So, I mean, I think, you know, even the most ardent Remainer would accept that all these claims that people had changed their minds, that, you know, they now realise that they were wrong, all of that, I think, has been dealt with. It is very plain that the people who voted to leave still want Britain to leave. Yes, and I think that's absolutely right. And are you expecting any help or, or sort of congratulations to come in from uh, from Brussels? Because I haven't quite seen uh, their reactions yet. Donald well, Trump has been very has been very fulsome in his praise of Boris. I, I think I think there will be a sense of relief in Brussels because one of the things that has not just been frustrating for us here in the UK, but I think across the European Union, was the fact that this was going on and on. Yeah, uh, there was continuing uncertainty, and at least now they will say, well. We're sorry that the British people have made clear that they still want to leave, but at least you know we have a deal and we can now get it done and we can begin to concentrate on other things. 
Absolutely right. John Whittingdale, thank you very much indeed. John Whittingdale, uh, uh, his eighth election uh, and saying that this is possibly the best one yet. Uh, we want to hear from all of you, of course, especially if you're out there thinking, I'm not so sure about this because Boris Johnson uh, is a madman. Boris Johnson is a guy you can't be trusted. He's not fit to be prime minister. That's what Joe Swinson said. Uh, but, oh, yeah, she didn't get elected, unfortunately. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 